Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. I believe that if you build a better business, you can be a better architect. And better businesses start with planning for profit. And you can download our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitect.com slash free course. Entree Architect Podcast, episode 160. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. As an active community of entrepreneur architects, we've come together to build better businesses and we're working together to build a better profession. I see this willingness to share our collective knowledge every day on the Entree Architect Facebook group. It's a free group on Facebook and it's booming. Every day we have new members joining and every day we see active members uh, contributing. Members are sharing their struggles and the community is sharing their knowledge. Not only are the individual members benefiting, but every member of the group is growing stronger as a business owner every day. So I wanted to share a few of those questions from the group here on the podcast and answer each with my own thoughts today. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, questions from the Entree Architect community. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is sponsored by NCARB, 
helping architects reach their career goals. Explore your options today at ncarb.org, N-C-A-R-B.org. And TrueStyle, the leader in high-end architectural interior doors. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash TrueStyle. That's T-R-U-S-T-I-L-E. And FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. Learn more at freshbooks.com slash architect. So every day, members of the Entree Architect community are sharing their wins and their struggles and their goals over at the Entree Architect Facebook group. We're working together to help one another build better businesses, which I believe, you know, we're helping to build a better profession, a better, stronger profession with with each member becoming a better business person, the profession's getting stronger. So today, I wanted to share a few of those questions from the group and then share my thoughts on, on uh, my uh, humble opinion uh, to answer some of these questions. That's really what I, what I wanted to do today. Um, so I'm going to start with the first question here. There's, and there's many, many more of these questions over on the Facebook group. Uh, but I wanted to pick out a few. I got three or four possibilities here. We'll see what the time uh, how the time goes and, and how many I'll answer. But um, the first one is from Carly. And her question is, initial client meetings on a domestic project at their home. Do you let the client take the lead with their ideas slash requirements slash tour of the house while drinking coffee? Or do you take control with a meeting agenda? I feel like I'm wasting a lot of time drinking coffee. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're wasting a lot of time drinking coffee. It, it, it's I think everybody does their own thing, you know, and so I'm going to start every, all of these questions off with this disclaimer. This is my opinion. This is the way I do things. I don't think it's the right way or the wrong way. I'm just going to share my way. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of members do over at the group is they share the way they, they do it. And then what we do is we read the answers and we adjust, you know, a lot of the things that, that I'm doing every day in my firm from reading the answers over at the group I've tweaked many, many things to make things better uh, in my own firm. And so uh, I wanted to sort of describe my initial meeting process uh, with you here today to sort of give you my thought, my, my way of doing it. I, I, first of all, the coffee, <laughs> everybody, you know, I'm a residential architect. I walk into somebody's home uh, to answer questions every day with an interview, not every day, but very often. And uh, very often, the first question is, do you, you know, you want a drink? You want a cup of coffee or something? Uh, I typically decline the coffee. I don't want to waste the time. Um, and they they typically know that up front because this is the way I do it in order to avoid that situation. Uh, my initial meeting process starts with the initial telephone call. So you've, if you've been listening to the podcast or read the blog for a long time, you know I'm a big proponent of managing expectations. And it starts right here. It starts with that first call, that first phone call. Uh, you should be prepared, right? You should have a form that you follow that you ask the same questions on every call uh, and get the same you know information from from each person your your job with that first contact whether it's by a telephone or more often now by email um, is to collect information to collect information up front and qualify the, the, the client right you should have uh, a description of who you want to work with who's your best client right because if and then you, you want to go through a process to qualify that client to make sure that it's even time it's time worth spending 
going to somebody. You don't want to go to every call. You know, if, if the call is not meeting your uh, description of your target market, that call is going to be a waste of time. You're either going to uh, get a project that you don't really want or you're going to spend, you know, a few hours of your day, which, you know, in, in, incredibly valuable as a small firm architect. Your time is incredibly valuable. You don't have enough time to do everything you're doing. So wasting a half a day with a client or a potential client that isn't going to hire you, and you knew that if you qualify them, you knew that they were the wrong, you know, uh, target market, uh, you would, could just, you know, pass them on to somebody who's more appropriate, which is what I do. I have a bunch of architects that I refer people to all the time. Um, or I just pass and say, you know, I don't think this is a project that's right for our firm. And so so I have a form that I use that that's actually part of the foundation's documents package. If you wanted to uh, purchase that package, you can go over to entrearchitect.com slash foundations and pick up that package of forms and checklists. And that, that initial contact sheet is in there. And I ask them specific questions about who they are and what they want to do and who referred them and uh, get the, the basic information that I need to qualify them for uh, a, a meeting. And then when I do qualify them and they are the right fit for our firm, and I think that's a, a project that I want, I will set expectations. Really, that's what's the most important piece here is that this is this is how you avoid the cup of coffee or the the potential client taking over the meeting. This is your meeting. This you should control the agenda here because this is your time. And if you if you manage the expectations and let a client a potential client know what's going to happen, they will feel for one comfortable that they don't have to be in, in lead because none of them know what to do. No, this is very often this is the first time they've ever done this. They don't really know what to expect. So you taking control right from the beginning before you even show up at the meeting. Uh, will will gain their confidence. And you could be prepared with a simple agenda that this is what we're going to do at our meeting. And you could follow up with that after the call and you know, follow up, confirm the meeting, say, you know, here's, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you at, at this location at this time. Um, and here's what you should expect at that meeting. And then you could set a, an expectation on time limit. I expect the meeting may take about an hour or an hour and a half. Here's, here, here are the steps that we're going to take. We're going to first, you know, give me a tour of the project, and this is what I do. Uh, I come in, and I ask for a tour of the house, and while we walk, you can talk. Tell me what works, what doesn't work, what you'd hope to accomplish here and accomplish there. Share your wish list as we're walking through. Um, sitting down and talking right off the bat is a waste of time, in my opinion. I want to know what the house looks like. I want to know their initial thoughts They've been thinking about this project for a very long time. They know what they want. Uh, they may not know how to achieve that. Uh, very often they're looking for budget numbers. They're looking for time. So you need to be prepared for that and have places in your agenda uh, to answer those questions. And so set time limits on how long you expect to be there. Share the steps for that meeting on what you're going to talk about and how you're going to talk about it. And then finally, what set the expectation on what will happen after that meeting. Okay, so if you typically prepare a proposal after that meeting, you can talk about that in that first follow-up. So here's what we're going to do. The project, you know, the, the meeting's going to uh, last about this long. Here are the things that we're going to talk about. And here's what's going to happen at the end of this meeting. Here's what I'm going to expect from you and what you can expect from me, right? And so now they're, they're expecting specific things to happen. They're not going to start spouting off what, 
what they want to do or, or uh, uh, you know, waste a lot of time <laughs> offering coffee. We're going to get right down to work and do the things that need to be done. Um, and so that's how I do it. That's how I, um, I, I expedite those meetings. I gain a lot of confidence right off the bat by managing expectations all throughout the process from that first phone call all the way through to the very end of your project. That is your number one job. Manage your client's expectations. You'll gain confidence and you'll get the referral at the end to all of their friends because they knew what was going to happen from the very beginning all the way to the very end. So Carly, that's my answer to that question. Uh, I've read all of the answers to that question. There's lots of other thoughts uh, over at the Facebook group on that question. I love the enthusiasm and the, the willingness to share and the honesty of people in that group. So um, Carly, I, I appreciate you posting the, the question. I look forward to more questions from you. I thought that was a very uh, thoughtful and, and uh, I love the humor. Uh, wasting a lot of time drinking coffee. So thanks for sharing that. So the second question here is from Linda. Uh, and it's a little bit l a longer question. I'm going to read the whole thing because I think it's important. And it's in reference to uh, my recent post about making the switch to BIM and and uh, how I'm going about that process. So here's, here's what Linda wrote. Uh, she needs some cheering on. And that's a big part of this group. Really, it is. It's it's a big part of this group is is being uh, w the willingness to to be vulnerable, to share what things are, are you're struggling with, and for the rest of the group to come in and say, it's going to be okay. Here here's here's how I did it. Here's how you can do it. He, you know, this this is normal. You know, those are the kind of things that that happen in this group. And so, um, she's recognizing that by saying that she needs some some cheering on. After a recent post about making the switch uh, to BIM, I was inspired and decided to, that I needed to just, uh, to just do it. Despite a heavy workload, I pushed pause and took a few days immersing myself in tutorials from lynda.com. And then in parentheses, amazing site, by the way, thanks to the person who recommended it. Uh, lynda.com is a site where you can, you can uh, purchase courses on pretty much everything. It's lynda.com. Uh, I do recommend it as well. And then the rest of the question is, so I've Done lots of learning, but my goodness, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed by the depths of this program. I'm trying to take the advice to just go forward and to not switch back and forth. I'm planning on setting up some templates and starting Monday, I was going to put one of those projects into Revit. I'm so nervous. I feel like I'm overloaded myself with information and now I'm not going to remember any of it and waste a lot of time trying to fiddle with this. I should mention I'm a one-woman show. I work from home doing mostly residential condo work uh, while raising children. This is part of the reason why I wanted to do the switch. I feel like drawing lines over and over again with no connection to each other is wasting precious time and that I don't have. Anyone else feel this anxiety about switching over? Please tell me. I'll get into the hang of it and it will be okay. And many people came to Linda's request. Also, by the way, I'm not sharing anybody's last name. I'm only sharing first names here. Um, but but uh, let me tell you, Linda, <laughs> I feel your pain. That post was only a few weeks ago, uh, and I shared how I'm switching over to to uh, BIM as well. I haven't yet picked which which uh, which uh, platform yet. So I'm going to give you my update here. I am in the same boat, same boat. Uh, I'm not a one woman show. I'm a uh, one man show with a actually not a one man show. My wife and I are partners. 
Uh, I have a very small uh, staff that's flexible, and I take them as I need them. But you and I are entrepreneur architects. We're doing it all, right? Including raising children. You know, I work from home. Uh, I help raise the children with Anne Marie, and so I, I, I get it. And and I let me tell you my up the update on my progress of switching over from AutoCAD, which I've been using for over twenty years now. Um, it is painful, and I know so many of us uh, on the on the Facebook group and elsewhere uh, have shared that we need to stick to it, and we'll get it. I agree, we need to stick to it, and 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 get it. But it is painful. Uh, so so for one, Linda, feel that you're not alone. It is hard. Um, and I want to give you an update on my progress. I, I'm having a tough time too. It, it, I, what, I, what I've done so far is I've reviewed the options and I've narrowed it down to Revit and ArcCAD. Uh, and so those are the two that I'm, I'm, I'm looking into. And since that post, I have committed one project to ArcCAD. Okay, so I've gotten the trial version of ArcCAD and I've, and I've put together uh, some existing conditions uh, for one project. I picked a really simple project. It was, it's a residential project. We're just going to do a, a kitchen renovation. So I don't have to do, a, we don't expect to do any additions. So I don't have to do a lot of uh, elevation work and multiple levels. I'm just doing a floor plan in 3D so I can show this client. So I can learn ArchiCAD is really the goal. And, and I can show my client, you know, some, some 3D versions of their kitchen. Um, and I plan to do the same thing with Revit. You know, pull down a, a, uh, a trial version commit one small project to Revit and go through the same process with that after I do ArchiCAD. Because I want to I see how the interface works. I want to see how the platform works. Uh, and I want to just, and I know that once I get into it, one's going to speak to me and I'll pick the one. Uh, and I could tell you right now, I, I, I like ArchiCAD, um, but it's hard. You know, the, and, and despite the advice, the same advice you heard, um, I had a deadline. <laughs> okay, so I, I I committed this project to ArchiCAD. I started putting together the existing drawings in ArchiCAD, which somebody who uses ArchiCAD could probably have finished in about 10 minutes. I could tell you it was that easy. I spent an entire day putting together uh, the floor plan uh, and getting and figuring it out. It was the first time I've ever used it, knew nothing. I didn't even take any tutorials. I just opened ArchiCAD and started using it. Uh, and that's how I've always done everything. I know that I, I will take tutorials as I move into this and I, and I pick a, 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 um, a platform. I will definitely do that. But right now, I just wanted to learn it. Just like I did with, Arch with AutoCAD, I just sat down and I started doing it. Um, it's hard, you know, and, and I had to, and I, I'm honesty here, transparency. I had, to, I had to go back to AutoCAD. I had to flip back to AutoCAD the deadline was there the night before the, the kickoff meeting. I did not have my existing conditions drawings done, and I knew that if I kept going with ArchiCAD, they were not going to be done. So I and I I'm not I did not abandon it. I just flipped back to AutoCAD, got the because I can draw AutoCAD very quickly. I got that floor plan done in about an hour. Had it for that meeting, uh, and 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 met the deadline. You know, I, I did exactly what they tell us not to. I flipped back and I, um, and, I, and I went back to AutoCAD. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, NCARB, True Style Doors, and FreshBooks. Do you know someone in your firm who's always dreamed of getting licensed 
but was unable to complete the experience requirement? Well, maybe that person's you. Now you can get back on track with NCARB's new AXP portfolio. With this option, seasoned professionals can complete the Architectural Experience Program, the AXP, formerly the IDP, they've switched things up a little bit, by submitting an online portfolio. And along with meeting your state's education and examination requirements, the portfolio will help you or your employee get one step closer to becoming an architect. Learn more about the AXP portfolio at ncarb.org slash entrearchitect. TrueStyle is passionate about providing us small firm architects with the inspiration and the tools to transform our designs with the most authentic and distinctive doors available. And now we can see TrueStyle doors and how they worked with the National Association of Home Builders and architect Phil Keen to create a show-stopping interior door package for the 2017 New American Home. To download the case study or watch a video and learn how True Style Doors can help differentiate your next project, visit entrearchitect.com slash truestyle. TrueStyle, driven by design. Visit entrearchitect.com slash truestyle. So how do you get paid faster? Well, one more way is to use FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a full function online accounting system built for us small firm architects. We're small businesses. It includes invoices, uh, expense management, time tracking, and so much more. It does everything I wanted to do in order to get paid faster. I could send invoices efficiently on the same day. I could set up FreshBooks to automatically send reminders with the words and the timing that I want, and I can accept credit cards for payment. You should give it a try. When you're ready to give FreshBooks a try, go to freshbooks.com architect and sign up for your free 30-day unrestricted trial and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, get paid faster. freshbooks.com architect. And don't forget, let them know that Entree Architect sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So I did exactly what our friends over at the Facebook group told us not to. <laughs> I flipped back. I flipped back to, to AutoCAD, got those drawings done, had that meeting, uh, had a successful meeting, and, and now I have to get back to ArcaCAD. And so I did, I, I, I'm committing to getting this project uh, done in, in ArcaCAD so I, uh, I have to finish those existing con conditions drawings. Uh, the way we work is that Anne Marie is the design architect, so she doesn't use any computers. She does everything by hand, uh, and then she gives it back to us, and we put it into the computer. And so instead of putting it back into CAD, I'm going to finish the existing conditions drawings uh, and then do our schematic design and present schematic design in ArchiCAD. That's the plan. I'll keep you posted. Uh, we'll see how how it goes. So um, that's what that's what I've done, I, and, and and it's taken a tremendous amount of time to learn and set up. Uh, but I can tell you, it's not as much time as it's taken me to make the decision to get started with it. Uh, I've been thinking about this for years and years of of making the the uh, the transition. I can tell you the biggest the biggest fear. In, in making this transition is exactly what happened. There's just so many hats. Uh, this is just something that, that technically I don't really need to do. I don't really need to switch over. 
uh, I, I can hire other people to 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 run AutoCAD, uh, ArchiCAD, or Revit, and just you know never learn it. But I want to learn it. I want to learn the the new software. I want to be able to be proficient in it. I want to be able to make revisions if necessary. But after 20 years of working with AutoCAD, uh, and went, you know, obviously everybody who's who's used AutoCAD, and and I'm sure it happens with ArchiCAD and Revit as well. Once you know it, you don't think about how to use it anymore, right? You just do it, right? You're thinking, okay, I want to create a, a space here, and and you just start creating it. You don't think about, okay, I need to hit this button to create a wall, and I need to uh, to assign how high that is, and I need to uh, I'm put a window in there. How do I put a window in there? Oh, I got to go find the windows and what size. You just do it, right? You just at a certain point, you just do it, and so you only get that through experience. Um, but but after 20 years of working with AutoCAD without having to think about what you're doing, uh, we, we need to start spending time on these BIM products to do the same thing, to spend enough experience, enough time, uh, which is why you need to go through the pain and of the commitment to to finish one project. So so that's what I've done. That's that's my commitment. And that's my, my update on where I am with that transition from uh, AutoCAD to to BIM. Um, Linda, I feel your pain. I, uh, I'd love an update on how you're going about doing it. Uh, it. For me, it's okay to switch over if you have to. Um, but, but, but don't abandon the commitment. Don't abandon the commitment because I, I, what you said, um, about, about drawing the same lines over and over again with no connection to each wasting precious time. That's exactly what happened to me. I, I was sitting here one night drawing an existing conditions, drawing an AutoCAD, drawing one line and then offsetting that line and then connecting the corners. And I'm like, this is such an incredible waste of time. I know that in BIM, I click a point here, I click a point there and it draws the wall. You pick a window, you put the window there and it draws the entire window. It, once you're proficient at it, I know that it will save a massive amount of time even up front, because they say that even up front, that most of the work is done up front, so there's more time involved up front. But I would say that that having some experience now in ArchiCAD um, compared to AutoCAD, uh, even in that preliminary work phase, uh, it's it's saving a lot of time. If I just knew how to how to how to do the the um, uh, you know how, how to be proficient at it, to understand where things are and what they are, and it's just that's just experience. It just takes time. I remember learning AutoCAD and it was the same experience. It was painful from going from hand drawing to AutoCAD. You had to relearn everything, right? So it's the same thing. It's It just takes time and commitment. Uh, but when you're running your own firm and you're raising kids, not so easy, right? It just, it, it takes you to make it a priority and a commitment to do it. And so I've made that commitment. I'm going to learn it. Uh, I'll keep you posted on my progress. I hope you keep me posted on your progress. Uh, and keep going, keep doing it. And I thank everybody on the Facebook group for 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 cheering Linda on uh, and giving her advice and sharing your thoughts on how it how it's how to go about making this transition. So many of us are in that same boat. I know that many, many members of the Entre Architect community are in that same place where they've just haven't made that switch from from CAD to BIM. Uh, now's the time. you know we just need we just need to do it. So that's my thoughts on that. Let's get into the third question. The third question is from Anne. Anne is a very active member over at Entree Architect Community uh, at the Facebook group. And so here is Anne's question. 
Hi, I'm looking for some suggestions. My practice has gotten much busier lately. Yep, mine too. Uh, in fact, uh, at the end of the last year, I wrote enough new business to equal my entire 2016 gross revenue. That is awesome. So far, I'm keeping the, the panic at bay because new projects seem to be coming up as current ones finish, so I'm busy but not insane yet. However, I'm noticing that carving out quote-unquote maker's time is getting more difficult. Thanks in advance for any help you can offer. Uh, and then she also posts uh, the, um, the link to maker's schedule. That's a, a post by Paul Graham, uh, who is the, one of the founders of Y Combinator, uh, a, uh, an incubator, business incubator, and, um, and a pretty well-known entrepreneur uh, uh, investor. He wrote about maker's schedule. And then uh, Anne wants to know, any thoughts on how best to carve out, protect your maker time in the digital world? My world is speeding up as I type this. Yes, yes, I can, uh, I can sympathize, I can uh, empathize, I get it. You know, it's, it's the same thing. We, we're all struggling with productivity, getting things done, focusing on the things that matter most. It's a big topic I write about and speak about here on the podcast and on the blog. Uh, and I just wanted to share a few resources here that may help you um, carve out some of that time. And the first one is I, I just, you know, I follow my friend Eric Reinholdt on, uh, from 30 by 40 Design Workshop. He's been on the podcast several times. We've done a series uh, for, uh, for entrepreneurs. He's written a couple of books. Uh, and he has a great YouTube channel. Just search in YouTube 30 by 40 Design Workshop and you'll find him. Uh, subscribe to Eric and, uh, and, and watch what he's doing because he's, he's, uh, he's doing some really, really interesting things with social media uh, and, and passive income. And he's sharing how he does architecture. Uh, and he, in his most recent, as I'm recording this, in his most recent YouTube video, uh, he talks about maker time. He talks about how he carves out time uh, in his in his schedule to sit down and get to work. Um, and I'm not going to go through Eric's uh, process. I encourage you to go check out that video. We'll put a link in in our podcast notes here at entrearchitect.com/episode160. Um, but I highly encourage you to. It, and he talks about a bunch of things over in that video. But but maker time is one of those things that he talks about. And so it's, uh, it's, it's a very interesting YouTube video. And Eric does, his videos are getting better and better and better every video he posts. So it's really interesting uh, and exciting to watch his progress. Um, I'm, I'm inspired. And, and YouTube is something that's been on my mind for so long. Uh, I just cannot uh, commit the time to that right now. But uh, watch in the future. Uh, a Entree Architect YouTube channel will eventually come. Uh, I just have to be really careful because of wake maker time, you know, you need to pick and choose. Um, and, and sort of, and the next thing I want to share in the next resource is my get focused course. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to plug it, but I want to share it because my get focused course at entrearchitect.com slash get focused course, actually, no, get focused course.com, get focused course.com will link you right to it. Um, that course is everything I know about productivity and, uh, it shares my entire process of you know Monday morning meetings, and and uh, how I how I get things done, and one of the things I share in that, and I want to share a little bit more detail here, is uh, one of the best books I've read, which and I've actually posted this in Anne's uh, Facebook 
post on the YouTube, uh, on, on the Facebook group, uh, is a book written by Rory Vaden called Procrastinate on Purpose, which is ironic because I just posted an article about procrastination. And he says, procrastinate on purpose. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, procrastinate on purpose. And everybody's cheering. Hey, we can now procrastinate. Well, that's not really what he means. Uh, he's talking about something that he calls his focus funnel. Uh, he wrote a whole book called Procrastinate on Purpose, which I highly, highly recommend. Definitely go check that book out. I would say probably the most recent, the best book on um, managing your time. And he really focuses on multipliers. Multipliers give themselves the permission to spend time on things today to create more time today, uh, tomorrow. They're actually creating more time for themselves in the future by doing the things they're doing today, right? So you, if you're focusing on the things that are most important, right? Um, Gary Keller calls it the one thing. You've heard me talk about that. If you focus on the most important thing, the thing that's going to earn more time later, right? So if you create, do things that give you more time later, that's what you should be focused on, right? So he gives you this focus funnel, uh, which starts at the top. Imagine a funnel, and at the very top, you pour all of, all of the things that you need to do, right? So you create a, a list of all the things you need to do, and you pour it into this funnel. And the first step of the funnel is to eliminate. So right from the list, is it important? Is it something that needs to be done, right? That's the first question you ask, and you eliminate as much as possible, and then the funnel gets a little bit smaller, right? So the next step after you've eliminated all the things that really are not important um, is to automate. So anything that can be automated, and we are living, as Ann said, in a digital world, um, there are software tools uh, that will automate almost everything we do, right? So create automated processes for as much as of, of the things that you can. That's building time for tomorrow, right? So if you automate something, maybe you'll have to spend uh, a, a few hours creating that automated system, but it will save you hundreds of hours later, right? Maybe thousands of hours in the, in the long run. So you want to automate it as much as you can automate. And then the next step after, and the funnel gets a little bit smaller, um, uh, we'll post also a link to uh, the Rory Vaden's focus funnel so you can see it. But the next step after eliminate and automate is to delegate. So the next step is to, is to have somebody else do it. If it's not something that you need to do, you should be delegating it to somebody else. This is something I struggle with, I'm going to be honest. Um, I know it's probably something that many of you struggle with, but we need to learn to delegate. And that's the third step in the funnel. Then after you've eliminated and automated and delegated, now what's left are the things that you need to do, right? Those, it, that's, that's the funnel, right? At the end, all the things that matter, all the things that you need to do are going to drop out of the bottom of this funnel, and you have two choices, okay? The next step, you need to figure out whether this is a task that you need to do now or is this something that can wait for later, right? If it's something that, that is going to help you um, have more time tomorrow, to create more time for tomorrow, if it's something that you're going to spend uh, some time on it now and it's going to give you more time later, then it's something you want to do and you want to concentrate. So now you're going to focus on building a block of time that you're going to get that done and you want to get it done, right? And then that's, that task is finished. So that's going to help you focus on the things that matter most. Um, it'll, it will help you concentrate on those things. And then the things that don't need to be done right now, 
right? Because some of those things that fall through the bottom are things that you have to do that you can't eliminate or automate or delegate, but they're things that you have to do. The other, if, you, if you're not going to do them now, then you procrastinate on purpose. That's where the book comes from. Procrastinate on purpose and you push them back up to the top of the funnel and you put them back into the list. And so the things that need to get done now, you focus and concentrate and get them done. That becomes your maker time, right? That's what that is. You go through this focus funnel, the things that fall out the bottom is you either concentrate and that's now maker time. That's those are the things that you're going to get done or you take them and you pop them back up to the top and you procrastinate on purpose. Um, so I love that. I love that focus funnel and we can use that funnel uh, and many of the other lessons that I've shared. Everything that I know about productivity is in that get focused course, including this, my version of this focus funnel. It, it, it will give you everything you need to know about how to get things done, how to get the, the things that you want to get done, how to, how to find the time for your maker time and your manager time based on that, that article. The article will also post in the, in the show notes uh, on entrearchitect.com slash episode 160. Um, okay, I'm going to go one more question here. This last question is from Benjamin. Um, I was promoted to the director of architecture at my E&A firm yesterday. Well, congratulations, Benjamin. That's pretty awesome. Um, myself and another architect here are going to be doing all of the marketing and business development from here on out. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, I have not had much uh, business development experience as I would like. Uh, what are some avenues uh, we should take to grow our firms uh, or our departments? Any suggestions on ways to make connections and get work through the door would be greatly valued and appreciated. Well, first of all, Benjamin, that, that's awesome that you have uh, been put in that position. Uh, I hope you got a raise. <laughs> you clearly have more responsibility. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, and so I'm going to give you two things to focus on. These are sort of the basics. Uh, number one, focus on your website. And two, build your network. That's how you're going to get more work. So focus on your website. Your website, and you should have control over this now because if you were in charge of marketing, you should have control over the website. You need to change your, your website from the portfolio that it most probably is to a marketing tool. Um, your website should tell your story, your unique story about your firm and why you're different than everybody else. It should be very, very clear and concise, very, very easy to understand. Within five seconds, your potential clients should understand exactly who you are, what you do, and how they can take that next step. That's the job of your website. That's it. It should have a clear call to action. So whatever that, that call to action is, whatever you want that call to action is, it should be very clear on what you want, what you do, how you do it, and how they take that next step. That next step is your call to action. That is what your website's for. And yes, it should have a portfolio and it should have all the pretty pictures, but that's not the priority, so that should not be the most important thing. The most important thing should be that button, that call to action that either uh, signs them up on an email list or it clicks them to make a phone call to you, whatever you want that call to action should be, it should be on the front page and it should be uh, very clear and concise. Focus on your website, first thing, before anything else, because everything else is gonna lead back to your website. The next thing is build your network, which is why you focus on your website first, because as you're building your network, you're gonna be sending people to your website because your website's gonna tell your unique story and it's gonna get, get them into the funnel, it's gonna get them into uh, the leads that you want 
right? That's your call to action. Your call to action is the step, first step that builds your network and your leads. So as you, so build your network, what's your target market? That's a question you need to answer. If your firm does not have a target market, a defined market that you are now targeting, you need to define that. And then everything, you need to learn everything you can about that market. Who are they? Where do they work? Where do they play? Where do they, where do they live? Everything that you can learn about them, you need to be an expert on who those people are and, and where and how they live their lives. And then you go there. You go to where that market lives and works and plays, right? Both online, so you might go to Facebook groups where these people live and work and play, or you go to LinkedIn groups, um, or you create your own communities for these people. That's a great opportunity for many of us architects. Go to Facebook, create a, 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 a group, just like our Entree Architect Facebook group, create a Facebook group for your target market, and then you become the lead for that that Facebook group. Um, and so go where the, that market lives and works and plays both online and offline. So you're going to go to networking um, groups, you're going to uh, join organizations, go where that market lives and works and plays. So focus on your website, build your network. Those are the first two steps. And then the phone's going to start ringing and then you're going to have to do some other things. But focus on those two things first. So I hope my thoughts here today were helpful. Uh, I hope that not only do they help those members, those specific members um, of Anne and Carly and Benjamin and who is the fourth one? Anne and Carly and Linda. Uh, I hope they. I hope I helped them. I hope I helped each of one of you. Um, but I also hope that it helped many of you. And I know that it has. I, not necessarily my questions, but those questions. Not my answers, but those questions. Uh, I'm sure you can relate to them, right? I'm sure you can understand where those people are coming from. Um, so what are your thoughts on these questions, right? Go go to the Facebook group. If you're a member, go find those questions and post your answers. Uh, if you're not a member of the group, go. It's free. EntreeArchitect.com slash group. It's just there to build a community. I want to build a community for entrepreneur architects. I want you to share your knowledge. I want you to ask your questions. Join the community and let's work together to build better businesses and ultimately build a better profession. Um, let's wrap things up here. If you liked what I shared here today, complete show notes with all the links to everything that I talked about will be at entrearchitect.com slash episode 160. I love it. We're growing. 160 we're at. Uh, share that link. Share that link. If you think anything that we talked about today will help somebody else, share that link to entrearchitect.com slash episode 160. Copy me on that share. I want to know that you're out there spreading the word about Entree Architect. Um, and don't forget to visit the website to gain access to our digital course, Profit for Small Firm Architects. You can get that at entrearchitect.com slash free course. It's free. entrearchitect.com slash free course. And it's it's a really valuable tool to help you build a powerful profit plan. So go grab that at entrearchitect.com slash free course. And my name, you might know, is Mark R. LePage. And I am, just like you, like many of you, I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. 
Have an awesome week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. (laughs) So for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together.
Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.